This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. On today's show, an update on rural crime from the RCMP. Commanding Officer of F Division, Rhonda Blackmore, made a presentation at the SARM Midterm Virtual Convention yesterday. We also have an update from the Agra Trade events taking place in Red Deer. Begins today, runs until Friday. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Ryan McNally. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. There has been an increase in some categories of rural crime and a decrease in others. Commanding Officer for F Division RCMP in Saskatchewan, Assistant Commissioner Rhonda Blackmore, spoke to delegates yesterday at the SARM Midterm Convention. The latest stats cover the 124 RCMP detachments in our province for the period from January 1st to August 31st of this year. Violent crimes is down 8% in 2021, compared to a 21% increase over the five-year period from 2016 to 2020. I think we're seeing some positive results from implementing some initiatives like our crime reduction teams, having them out there addressing some prolific offenders. And I think they're having some positive impact in addition to the work that our frontline detachment members uh, continue to do each day. Assaults make up for over half of all violent crimes. Those numbers are down 11% this year. However, the number of incidents involving pointing or discharging firearms has increased by 10%. That continues the five-year trend where there was a 168% spike in such incidents from 2016 to 2020. We're working at addressing it, but unfortunately we're still seeing that 10% increase as of the end of August. So while we continue to focus on some of those uh, very serious and very troubling crimes, and I can assure you that we do have a lot of focus on it, uh, we are still seeing some increases in that area. As for property crime, Blackmore reports a small decrease this year. We did see that decrease of 11% from 2016 to 2020, and again down 2% as of August of 2021. So continuing to see those numbers go down, which is very encouraging. Break and enters have decreased significantly. We're down 32%, a third from 2016 to 2020, and a further 17% this year. Mischief calls, we saw an increase of 6% from 2016 to 2020. And again, this year, a similar increase of about 7%. The increase is mostly in the obstruct enjoyment of property not damage to property. So so as much as that sounds like we're splitting hairs there a little bit, it is uh, something to note because statistics can be reflective of actually an increase in arrest. So additional enforcement action can increase those statistics. So the stats look bad, but actually it's addressing more of those issues of people who are obstructing that enjoyment of property. 
She notes a couple of other trends in rural crime, much of which is tied to drug addiction. This is what we're seeing lately. Uh, there's recently been quite a rash of thefts of catalytic converters and farm equipment and accessories, um, tools, GPS systems, sort of those high-end items that thieves are looking for. We have seen some thefts of cattle and other livestock. I'm sure many of you saw the um, media releases of some investigations that spanned both from Alberta into Saskatchewan here in the last couple months. Blackmore notes it's important for local residents to report suspicious activity or minor crimes to the RCMP. She cites one example in particular. I know in my previous posting in northwestern Alberta, we had a farmer there who had reported a break and enter. And what had happened was he was broken into seven more times, but he thought, well, they didn't catch them the first time. I'm not going to bother the next times. So he never reported the other seven incidents. And then crime reduction unit was speaking with him and he revealed that information. So what they did was they put out what's known as a bait quad. So it's a quad that can be tracked. As soon as it moves, our members are notified and it was tracked. And they put the bait quad out and it took 20 minutes for it to be stolen. Our members tracked the quad and were able to arrest the perpetrators who had actually broken in the other eight times. So don't give up. Don't say nothing's going to be done because there's lots that we can do. And uh, those pieces of information are really critical in getting that information to us. That's Assistant Chief Commissioner Rhonda Blackmore, Commanding Officer for F Division and RCMP in Saskatchewan. She spoke at the SARM Midterm Virtual Convention yesterday. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion brought to you by Prairie Six Inch Eaves Troughs, an inch makes a big difference prairie marlena borsch of mercantile consulting has provided her weekly overview of the wheat market it was issued through the saskatchewan wheat development commission on monday wheat market sold off last friday as cbot soybeans got hit by a 25 cent drop due to increasing pessimism over the u.s export potential minneapolis wheat took the biggest hit last week here's a closer look at futures Last Friday, these 21 contract Chicago winter wheat closed at 7.66, down 6 cents on the week. These 21 contract Kansas hard red winter wheat closed at 7.79, down 7 cents on the week. And December Minneapolis hard red spring wheat closed at 10.09, down 43 cents on the week. Again, Minneapolis took by far the biggest hit. Here's what happened in the cash markets. Major decreases in ocean freight values made prices to destination markets very volatile and consumers became reluctant to make commitments until the freight market calms down. In actual trades, the Philippines bought one cargo of Australian feed wheat for early Feb 22 at a reported 325 to 330 US dollars per ton for parity basis Western Australia. There are still no results from the Pakistan tender, but offers were reported at between 407 to $412 per ton delivered. Japan bought a total of 81,000 tons of food quality wheat from the US and Canada last Thursday in their regular weekly tender. And US export sales of 400,000 tons brought the season total to 478 million bushel, which is down 22% on last year against the US, USDA's projected 12% decline. 
The ocean freight market continued its decline, as mentioned above, with Baltic indices down 13, 27, and 70 percent, respectively, for Handys, Panamax, and Cape-sized vessels. To continue, here are some of last week's major news in the markets by major wheat origin. Starting with Canada, in shipping week 13, spring wheat exports amounted to 333,000 tons for a season total of 3.4 million. This is just 63% of last year's export volume. Visible supplies rose to 2.8 million tons as producer deliveries outstrip exports for now. Stats Canada released the September 21 export numbers. A total of 1 million tons of wheat, excluding Durham, was exported during September. This compares to 1.6 million tons shipped during September 2020. The top destinations this year in September were the US and Indonesia. We still expect wheat to go higher with more demand coming to North America in the new year, so we would be in no rush to sell. Durham wheat. Week 13 exports amounted to 121,000 tons for a season total of 860,000 tons. This is 22% less than last year. Canada exported 225,000 tons during the month of September. This was just over half of the August volume, but it is 58,000 tons higher than what Canada shipped in September 2020. Italy was the largest buyer this year, or this month, I should say, importing 73,000 tons of Durham. That's Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting in Winnipeg. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. I'm joined right now by Scott Owens. He's a farmer from Maidstone, Saskatchewan, as well as a board member on APAS. Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. Doing good. So, Scott, we're going to learn here a little bit about APAS's position on municipal taxes inside the province of Saskatchewan. Uh, APAS put out some communication this week, uh, basically saying that Saskatchewan's growth coalition, uh, they they have a proposal on municipal taxes, and APAS rejects that proposal. What's going on here when it comes to municipal taxes? It, it was basically in response to, um, so the SAS Growth Co- Coalition represents a variety of in- commercial interests in Saskatchewan. So that's oil and gas, mining, the Western Grain Elevator Association, the Chamber of Commerce, basically a lot of commercial interests in Saskatchewan. And basically what they were saying is that their members are paying too much in property taxes in the province of Saskatchewan. So. In Saskatchewan, there's 295 rural municipalities, and just they made a very broad statement saying we're paying too many taxes, and then we and we believe that to drive Saskatchewan's economy, our members need to pay less. So, uh, in rural Saskatchewan, there's basically two parties that uh, pay property taxes. So that's the commercial interests and farmers. 
So when the SAS Growth Coalition comes out and says that they want their members to pay less taxes and municipal services cost an X amount, like, uh, you know, to maintain roads and stuff, uh, the municipal budget, they need a certain amount of money. So if uh, commercial interests pay, pay, pay less, that basically means they expect farmers to pay more. And that's why APAS has been taking this stance that, yes, we believe everyone needs to pay their fair share, but to just make a blanket statement that across the whole province, farmers need to pay more property taxes, uh, we're not we're not going to get on board with that. How, how much do farmers pay relative to members of the, the, the growth coalition? Well, that, that's kind of part of the issue. Like Saskatchewan is a very big, air, like very big geographical area. And, you know, commercial interests vary from, so up in my neck of the woods, up around Lloydminster, there's a lot of heavy oil and gas activity. So, in, in, in most, like in my municipality, for example, uh, farmers typically do pay less in municipal taxes than the, the energy companies. But we also use the road infrastructure far, far less than oil and gas companies. So, you know, we believe in paying fair taxes, but, uh, you know, it, it needs to be commensurate with the amount of impact interests put on the roads and stuff. And it varies from area to area. Lots of the province has very little for commercial activity. And so farmers pay a very large percentage of the municipal taxes within their RM. So it, it varies a lot across the province. And so that's part of the issue with making a blanket statement like they did. There possibly is a bit of an illusion. You correct me if I'm wrong here, but there could be a bit of an illusion that well, land prices keep going up. Farmers can afford to pay more in taxes. Um, th- that that that's that's kind of a simplification too of the issue. I would say that is an oversimplification. Uh, yes, land prices are gradually increasing, um, but you know, like a big big chunk of Saskatchewan just came out of you know a very very tough drought, and for you know. Uh, commercial interests to say, well, farmers just need to pay more. It's a pretty, I'll say a tone deaf statement to make. Like the drought has impacted farmers in a very negative way. Like, you know, crop failures, uh, the cattle herd is going to undergo a certain amount of liquidation. And, you know, a lot of farmers are concerned about getting water for their homes. So yes, land prices are going up, but it's, you know, it doesn't mean everything is well and rosy in the farm community necessarily. What, what is APAS asking its members to do at this point? Yeah, I think we are going to ask our members to reach out to their MLAs and stuff to, you know, take a stance with the provincial government that we do not want you to go down this road. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair, drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Snowfall warnings still in effect for some northern parts of central Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, including Prince Albert, Melfort, Camsack, Humboldt, and Meadow Lake. You can check 620ckrm.com for more details. 
For the Regina area, a mix of sun and cloud today with a high with a 30% chance of showers this afternoon and a high of plus 5. Cloudy tonight, snow begins this evening and a low of minus 3. Periods of snow expected tomorrow morning. They will end in the afternoon, remaining cloudy overnight with a temperature steady near minus 2 during the day and a low of minus 11. Sunshine on Friday with a high of minus 4 and a low of minus 9. Saturday makes the sun and cloud with a 60% chance of flurries, a high plus 1 with a low of minus 6. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 0 and a low of minus 3. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The normal high for this time of year is 0 degrees. The normal low is minus 10. The sun rose this morning at 8.05. It will set tonight at 5.20. Around the province in Saskatoon and Swift Current, it's plus 1. Weyburn and Estevan both at plus 5. In Yorkton, it's minus 1. Mostly cloudy in Moose Jaw. The wind west gusting to 50. It's plus 5. Mostly cloudy in Regina. The wind west at 24. It's plus 5. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Alberta reporter Cheryl Brooks is back with a preview of Advancing Women in Agriculture conference with today with Iris Mech. She says it will remain virtual this year on November 22nd and 23rd. They hope to return to in-person in 2022. There are many different topics to choose from, and while it may have the name Advancing Women in Agriculture, it's not just for those in agriculture, and it's also not just for women. It's a fantastic opportunity to do some networking, Corey from Mech. Absolutely. Networking is one of the major parts of, of the conference. And when you've got university students all the way through to industry leaders, what a great opportunity to meet women in another sector within the agricultural industry. So there's lots of networking that goes on, lots of relationships that are built and continue throughout the years. They come back to the conference year after year and continue building those relationships. For people who would like to come on board and join the conference, how can they do that? It's really easy to join the conference and participate by just going to the website advancingwomenconference.ca or they can call me at 403-686-8407 and I can help them get all the information they need. But it's just a great way to get refocused, re-energized and motivated for the coming year. Obviously we've got a lot of men and younger men who listen to us. Is there a conference for them or is this something that they could at least talk to you about and you could steer them in the right direction? Absolutely. We don't exclude anyone from the conference. (laughs) And in the past, in person conferences, many men have attended. It gives them a perspective of what women are doing in the industry and the leaders that are in the industry. So I invite all men to join us at the conference. You can join any particular speech that you want to. You don't have to be there for the entire thing. Absolutely. People that register will have the opportunity to not only attend the conference for the two days, but be able to get back onto the platform until December 31st, 2021, and go back and re-listen to a session or listen to a session that they may have missed. 
We've got great networking opportunities during the conference, so there's times where you can go grab a coffee, have a lunch, or network with the women from across Canada and the U.S. Did you find that that actually happens, that after the conference is over, that you've had a lot of people who have met up virtually just to to discuss things a little bit further? Yes, there have been. Like I say, relationship building is huge. So this is an opportunity for women from all across Canada and the U.S., to meet someone that from another province, from another part of the industry, and many connections get made even through the virtual side. Absolutely. You know, the brand of AWC is really strong, and we've got tremendous supporters, sponsors, participants who come back year after year to support this initiative, and I'm just so very proud to give women the opportunity to come and listen, learn, network and grow. It's a real great opportunity for me to meet these women as well. So I'm very proud to have this opportunity to have women gather. It it really speaks volumes to the fact that it's still going even all these years later, doesn't it? Well, right now we have almost 500 women registered to come to the conference and we're two and a half weeks away. There's women representing every single province across Canada and many U.S. states. And I think it's a tremendous sign that women do like to gather, they do want to learn, and they want to get ahead in their careers and and their operations. So this is one way to do it. Is there a cutoff date for signing up, or it's pretty much you can do right up until it begins? Well, you can register right up until it begins, but if you register, you know, at least by the 17th of November, then on the 18th of November, you can go onto the platform, get yourself accustomed to the platform, create your own profile, and just get yourself ready. So by November 17th, it would be great, but you can register right up until the time of the conference. That's Iris Meck, Director of Conferences for the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference. It's happening online November 22nd and 23rd. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Agri-Trade kicked off bright and early this morning at Westerner Park in Red Deer. The annual show is back after being cancelled last fall because of COVID-19 restrictions. This year, the show is boasting five 500 exhibitors, more than 30,000 people have signed up to attend the three-day show. David Fiddler is a longtime organizer of AgriTrade. We've got representatives from all sectors of agriculture, crops, livestock, uh, and exhibitors. We've got uh, nearly 500 exhibitors uh, that are providing um, information and uh, products and services to the agricultural community. Because of the lack of inventory uh, and and tight inventory, some of the exhibitors have downsized. They're still in the show, but they're taking a little smaller space. So that's allowed us to bring in some new companies that haven't been in the show before. So uh, visitors will get to see some products and services that they've never seen at our show in the past. As we always say, the right show, the right location, and the right time. We're right after harvest. uh, People are still top of mind on what happened this past year and looking forward to next year. 
That's Dave Fiddler talking about this year's edition of Agri-Trade in Red Deer. It runs today until Friday. And the countdown to Agribition brought to you by 2S Auctioneers Online Auction House. Start bidding today at 2SAuctioneers.ca. After the 50th anniversary show was canceled due to COVID-19 last year, Regina Exhibition Association Limited is ready to welcome back Canadian Western Agribition in a matter of two and a half weeks from now. President and CEO Tim Reed says it's going to be a great week full of celebrating agriculture. We're thrilled to have them back. We're thrilled to see our buildings getting back to more normalcy. We're just really positive about the fact that these events drive hundreds of millions of dollars of economic impact for our community. And truth is, is our community probably needs that more today than ever. So it's nice to see Agribition coming back. And this event really, truly attracts the world to Regina, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. I mean, hundreds of journalists will be on site. Hundreds of countries will be represented anywhere from 50 to 150, depending on the year. We'll have delegations coming here. gives our local industry an opportunity to connect globally. But I think it also really plants a flag in the ground that says, you know, a lot of places can talk about the fact that they're the home of agriculture, but I'm not sure that anybody can point to the accomplishments that Southern Saskatchewan and that Regina actually have. With countless new announcements around growth in the agriculture sector that we're seeing almost on a weekly basis here in Regina, I'm not sure that we aren't incredibly well positioned for a long period of success in agriculture as a community. Uh, Agribition begins November 22nd. Um. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy, if you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, grow with visit growmoreprofit.com. Durham was unchanged this morning at 707.72. Feed barley was unchanged at 383.64. Canola was up two dollars ten cents to nine seventy five eighty two. Flax unchanged one thousand four sixty eight sixty two. Lentils unchanged at nine eighty six fifty. Oats unchanged at five thirty six fifty three. Yellow peas unchanged at five ninety five seventy five. Feed wheat unchanged two sixty one sixty five. Number one red spring wheat was up four dollars seventy nine cents to four forty one thirty. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Assiniboia Livestock had a pre-start sale on November 9th. 300 to 400 pound steers sold from 222 to 244. 400 to 450 pound steers sold from 223 to 252. 450 to 500 pound steers sold from 219 to 252. 500 to 550 pound steers sold from 211 to 235. 550 to 600 pound steers sold from 199 to 211. 660 pound steers sold from 195 to 203. 650 to 700 pound steers sold from 190 to 196. 700 to 800 pound steers sold from 185 to 192. 800 to 900 pound steers sold from 175 to 184. Heifers are 30 to 50 cents back from the steers. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboya Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, SIG4 in Brandon and BP4, TCP4 in Moose Jaw, both down one cent today to 177.78 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. Um. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan McNally. 
Time now for the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. An analysis from the University of Calgary concludes that a coal mine on protected land on the eastern slopes of the Rocky Mountains wouldn't be an overall benefit to Alberta. The paper from the university's School of Public Policy says the overall economic, social, and environmental impacts of such a development would be negative. Jennifer Winter, who teaches economics, says she and her colleagues went beyond the usual weighing of wages paid and taxes remitted. She says that the latest information on coal markets suggests such a mine would be marginally profitable and that its job and tax benefits would be small in relation to Alberta's economy. Meanwhile, a mine would displace ranching and tourism, damage water and wildlife, and create a risk that taxpayers would end up paying for the cleanup. The chief executive of MEG Energy said yesterday he does not expect the ongoing dispute between Canada and the U.S. over the Line 5 cross-border pipeline to hurt his company's ability to move heavy oil to the U.S. Gulf Coast. On a conference call with analysts, Derek Evans, the head of the Calgary-based energy company, said that now that Ener- said now that Ener- Enbridge... Said now that Enbridge Incorporated's Line 3 replacement project is operational, MEG is less concerned about the outcomes of bilateral talks over Line 5. Court documents filed by the federal government say planning is well underway for bilateral talks in the dispute over Enbridge's cross-border pipeline. A proposed motion filed last week in U.S. District Court in Michigan says the first formal negotiating session between the two countries will be happening shortly. On the markets, the TSX is down 52 points today to 21,543. The Dow is down 69 points to 36,251. Oil is down $2.46 to $81.69 U.S. per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 13 hundredths of a cent to 80.26 cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. It's brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Ryan McNair. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.